This is About to Drop, a podcast where I interview independent artists about music that they're about to release. In each episode, I'll have a conversation with a new artist to talk about where they came from, how they got started in music, and most importantly, what they're going to be releasing next. We'll cover all sorts of topics, including the writing process, recording, producing, and even things like marketing, branding, and promotion. So thanks for tuning in, and let's get started with the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of About to Drop. I'm your host, Baro, aka Vertigo, and I'm here with the group Ma and Pa, also known as Jason and Emily. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing good, how about you? Good, good, just working. Um, It's a beautiful day out here, so I happen to be stuck inside, but I can't complain. Are you guys coming from your home studio? I see a piano in the background. No, not really. No, to be honest, we uh, we record the piano here. This is like a it's a MIDI keyboard, but also like you can direct connect. So we record the piano here. But when we do vocals and like guitar and stuff, we record in our closet. <laughs> it works. It's a dead space, right? Yeah. A lot better acoustics. Yeah. Yeah, um, we've tried recording before, and uh, bad. yeah, it's not worth it. It so. was great ambiance, but it was <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, once it's like on the recording though, you can't take it off. Right, you know, right. exactly. The room sound. I've yeah. uh, I've been having like home studios like from when I started producing, so I've always been like, you know, mm-hmm. jerry rigging different vocal booths and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I found what works really well is like if you have a memory foam mattress, if you mm. like put it on a wall behind you, and then like have the mic in front huh. of it. We should try that. We put a bunch of like. Um, I don't know, work, you know, those like black workout mats, they have them like plastered against the walls in there. And moving blankets, clothes. All kinds of yeah. stuff. We make it work. It works okay. Yep. I think the big thing is like density. Like that's what like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. captures all like the, the, the sound information or energy coming back and forth, uh, which is why like the memory foam is so great because it's like this big dense piece of foam. It just like absorbs all the sound. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, one of these days I'll uh, start building some proper panels, but clothes work okay for now. <laughs> We're, uh, yeah, me and my wife, we're renting a place right now, but we're like looking to buy a home. And like one of the big things on my list is like, where can I build a studio? <laughs> how oh, yeah. can I build a vocal booth? Like how can I set up all the soundproofing and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, he's uh, working from home right now. So he uses that, like we have an office space that he uses for that. But I think eventually we could turn that into a studio. Yeah. It'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, why don't we talk a little bit about um, your, your duo here? So um can you give us a little introduction about um, how the group got formed, um, how you guys got into music in the first place, and I guess just give like the uh, the cliff notes of uh, how we got to today. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, I guess I will. Yeah. We uh, have been married for thirteen years, and we were not really uh, doing music that whole time. It wasn't like we met through music. Um, I've been musical my whole life, and um, in college was when we met, and. Um, Shortly, really towards the end of college, I kind of decided I wasn't going to do music like as a as a career. Um, it was at the time when they didn't have like Spotify and Facebook was brand new, and you couldn't really do music unless you were going to do it full time, like go tour and like try to get a record deal and stuff. So um, I just kind of gave it up for a while, and we went and we lived our lives and did a bunch of other stuff and. Um, then a few years ago, I just started writing again, and um, I didn't even have a piano at the time. I was just writing 
you know, just melodies and lyrics were coming out. And after I'd written like maybe six or seven songs, I decided to show them to him. And he was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Like, keep going and we'll just see what happens. And so then I kept writing and it just kept coming and coming. And eventually he was like, okay, I think we should maybe like do something about this. And um, so still we weren't sure. So I kept writing and kept writing. And then finally it got to the point where he was like, okay, this is maybe like a because we must type situation. Like we just need to do something with this. We can't just leave it alone. So I reached out to a friend of mine from college who is a producer. Uh, he goes by Finestro. And he was able to talk to me about kind of our life situation and how that's different than most emerging artists and the fact that like we have five kids. Um, we're not going to be like touring and stuff like that. So um, he um, told me all about Sync, the Sync world, and how that would probably be a pretty good fit for us. And so that's kind of where I went with it. I started doing a little bit of collaboration with other people um, that I met just online. And I got a song in a music library with a, um, another producer. And through all that, he had kind of came on board and started helping me because I'm not really a technology person. Like my mom is better with technology than I am. It's just not my thing. And so when it came to the production side of things, that's like a huge learning curve. It's not easy. So he came on board just to help me like even be able to record myself and and send it to, you know, the other guy that I was working with. And um, that's when he kind of started to become interested. And then I realized that I had um, a bunch of songs that were kind of in this one genre. I kind of write, you know, all over the place, but I had a bunch of songs that I thought, man, these would be, be really great, um, like kind of acoustic, kind of Jack Johnson style duets. Um, and so I kind of started, you know, asking him, if he would do that with me and it took a while to get him on board, but eventually I got him to agree that we would um, do this project. Um, and the idea behind this one is that it's more stuff that's uh, like authentic to us and our lives. And it's more things like with a message that we think we have to share. And um, so instead of just going like directly with a, a sync library, um, we want to kind of do this online, do the online artist thing. And, um, hopefully hook up with like a sync agent from there to help pay the bills a little bit. Um, but uh, that's where we're, that's where we're at. And our first release is going to be July 21st. And um, we're really excited about it. That's really cool. So it kind of happened just organically. And as things progressed, it just seemed like the, like the, the next mm -hmm. move to make. Yeah. And uh, so for, for this, do you guys both write um, or are, are you more or less a songwriter and, um, and, and do you play uh, guitar or piano as well, Jason? Or? She's 100% songwriter. Um, I grew up playing a little guitar, um, so I've kind of tried to brush up on those skills a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm basically the, the producer and guitar. She's the piano songwriter. Um, yeah, harmonies as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This first song actually doesn't even have any guitar in it. For The, the main reason we chose this song was that it's just simpler to produce. And as we said, the learning curve is huge, so... That we'd start with something that we could actually accomplish in our little home studio here, and then the following songs will have his guitar parts as well. But um, yeah, I write the songs every once in a while. He'll throw me like a concept or a lyric or something, and he started writing his own harmonies too, which is um, it's actually added a lot to the to the music. But generally, yeah, I'm the songwriter, and he's the producer and guitarist. <laughs> gotcha. And how'd you get into producing? Um, yeah, I mean, just trial and error. I mean, it was, it was through a lot of those collaborations that, um, we just started to realize that, 
uh, it's easier to, to kind of do it yourself with all these ideas in her head. She can just kind of tell me, Hey, here's a sound I want. And then I can, I can play with it and, you know, play it back to her until, until we get it right. It's just a lot more uh, efficient to do it ourselves. So um, we use, so yeah, we, we use studio one. Um, okay. Yeah. It's been pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with that from the beginning, as soon as I could record on a computer and this is like in high school and I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard of like Fruity Loops or Cakewalk or like these programs that like yeah. no one oh, uses yeah. anymore. Um, just from like playing around with those and like realizing that I could do everything just like from my mom's basement at the time, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've always just been like a real advocate for, for like a home studio. You, you don't, unless yeah. you want to record like a 70 piece orchestra or like you need to get like that big John Bottom drum sound. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. don't necessarily need to go to these like large format studios, right? Uh, especially if you're doing yeah. something just like a duet, you know? Yeah. Right. It gives us so much flexibility too, because if um, I've only been to a recording studio once and I had to go, even though I was sick, you know, cause that's when we were scheduled. And mm-hmm. so it was just terrible. It turned out awful. But now like if we plan to record vocals one night and I have a cold, like we're not going to do it. Or if we're not planning on it, but I'm, you know, feeling like I'd like to do it, you know, we can get it done. So it really works for us in our, our life situation, because as I said, we have five kids and going to a studio all the time was not going to happen yeah, for sure. us. Yeah, you can always just squeeze in a session whenever we have time. Usually, usually after the kids go to bed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. How so. how has that been juggling? You know, I assume you guys have careers as well as well as the family. Um, how does that all fit into it? Is it like a nice escape from all that other stuff, or you know, how do you guys um, put it all together? Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's worked out okay, especially. Uh, we have a pretty tight schedule for the kids' bedtime, so I mean, we can have you know sessions till the middle of the night sometimes if we need to. And um, but yeah, I mean, I've got my day job, and I, that's I mean, that's how it's going to be. So yeah, he's a um, computer programmer, um, but he's got really you know decent hours, and I stay at home with the kids. We're like homeschool, unschooler people, and so like the writing and stuff I can just kind of do throughout the day, you know, while I'm with the kids and often we'll just kind of like, you know, jam in here with the kids. Um, but as far as the actual, like getting it recorded and produced, that doesn't really happen with them. That has to happen at nap times or after bed. And, um, so we go, you know, it slows us down a little bit, but it's okay. I mean, our music, a lot of it is about parenthood, not directly, but themes that you kind of deal with. Um, uh, when you're when you're in a long-term relationship or when you have kids and so um it's kind of you know it's a source of inspiration it doesn't really feel like like it conflicts to us yeah yeah and, some, and sometimes they are included sometimes they want to make some music and we've done that quite a few times actually I have where them, they, they put on the headphones and yeah. i mean they love it so that's sometimes cool, yeah. i have them lay down like background tracks for me with like i need like a cool like choir type thing in the background so they that's have fun with it sometimes yeah, it sounds like fun. Do, do they play music as well? Like, are they taking piano or guitar lessons or anything? Our oldest is only eight, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I teach them here a little bit on the piano here and there, and uh, the two oldest ones ha- have been learning guitar a little bit. But, you know, they're too young to really say they can play. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I for like 10 years, um, I used to teach private music lessons, piano and guitar. Um. So uh, the youngest I would start them was like five years old. But yeah, I had a lot of students in that same age range. Okay. Yeah, so it's not very slow going at that age. We, yeah, we yeah. don't push it either. I kind of feel like once they really want to, are motivated to do it themselves, 
really with almost all of their learning. Once they're motivated to themselves, they will do it a lot faster and just learn more efficiently. If you try to force it on them when they're like five, it, it doesn't seem like it works. Yeah, we don't want to make it a chore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough to not make it a chore, but at the same time, like you guys know, like you have to practice. Like there's only oh, yeah. one way to get good yeah. at it. Um, yeah. And it's funny. I've had students that were just naturally gifted at music that just weren't that interested in it, and like they, they you know, they kind of petered out or kind of plateaued. Uh, and then I did mm-hmm. have students that were maybe not as musically inclined, but they were just really interested in it, mm-hmm. and they just they just progressed like crazy. You know, it's kind of yeah. hours every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen that too. Yeah. Um, that's cool. So what does the writing process look like for you generally? Or, or maybe if you want to you know, talk specifically about the single you're putting out and how that one came together. Sure. Um, it is all over the board. Um, when I was, I, I started writing music when I was a kid, like maybe 13 or 14. And I would start it at the piano. I would, you know, come up with like a chord progression and then do the lyrics from there because uh, you know, that's how Billy Joel did it. And I thought that was really cool. Um, but what happened was that I stuck to the chords I was comfortable with, which was like six or seven chords. So all of my songs sound the same. Um, you know, plus I didn't have much to say because I was just a kid. Um, but after we kind of stepped away from music for a while um, and I started writing again, it was just, as I said, just in my head. Like I didn't even have a keyboard at the time. And it would just sometimes just like a melody in a and a lyric will just come to me. Um, and I don't know how else to describe it. It just, it'll just come out. And then from there, I will usually finish the song. Um, when I first started doing it, I was kind of trying to overcome perfectionism in my life in general. And I found that this was like a low stakes way to work on that was just to force myself to finish these songs that didn't matter, that no one was probably ever going to hear. And so that's how I forced myself to finish the first like five or six songs even though they weren't perfect. Um, and I, I don't know that I would have finished them if not for that sort of external motivation. Um, but then after that, when I started writing more and more, um, it became, uh, my, I, I kind of changed my process. I don't, sometimes it happens like that, but sometimes I will um, top line, like I'll hear a track and top line it, or he'll lay down a few chords on a guitar for me and I'll top line that. Um, or sometimes I write at the piano these days. Um, but this one was actually, do you know Rick Beato? He's on, Yeah. he's like a musician producer on YouTube. Um, we were watching some of his, uh, his YouTube videos and he, he's famous for being able to hear a song and then just like within a minute of hearing it, he can play along because he can hear what the chords are. And almost all chords in pop are like the same three progressions. Um, so anyway, we had been watching a couple of those videos and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to go to the piano and come up with something that he wouldn't immediately be able to figure out what chords I'm playing. And instead of doing chords, I started like not doing chords. It was, um, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but if you hear the song, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so I just started playing until I came up with something that I liked and I thought was kind of different, interesting. And, um, I just... I tried to put some lyrics to it that I had already written separately and that never works out for me. I don't know why I even bother writing them down because they never match the music that I come up with later. So it's pointless. Same, like I also tend to like, I'll like record a, on my phone, I'll like record a tune or something and I think I'll come back to it and I never do. If I don't write it right away, I'm just not gonna write it. So anyway, um, so I just sat there and I just played it just over and over and over again. 
um, because I was like, those lyrics aren't going to work. I'm just going to keep playing it until I can kind of hear what the music is telling me it is about. And I don't mean that in like a mystical way. I just mean like, if you hear like Vivaldi, like it sounds like spring or summer or fall. So I just thought I'm just going to just keep playing it over and over. And eventually I'm going to know what it's about. And I did that. And then eventually the first, the first couple lines just came out and um, it was, I love you. I'm not afraid was the first, was the first two lines. And I think um, from there, it just flowed really easily because this is a concept that we've been thinking about and talking about a lot. This concept of love being kind of the opposite of fear and how love is kind of the only thing that can overcome fear and how you have to do it. You have to overcome fear if you're going to really love the way that you should. And so um, since we had all these conversations about this recently and been thinking about it, the rest of the song just kind of came from that and just came pretty naturally. So that was the, that I've never written a song like that before, like using that process. So that was a little unique for me. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I agree. Like every time you write a song, it comes out differently. Mm-hmm. And I do the same thing. I'll have like voice notes of like song ideas that just sit on my phone <laughs> yeah. or like lists of like lyrics or song ideas that usually don't get used. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that's, even that stuff is part of the process, right? You're like getting True. ideas out of the way so that the good stuff can start flowing out eventually. That is such a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, and even with, so I do a, a similar kind of thing what you were talking about as far as like trying to battle perfection, which I think is a great phrase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, we're like, I'm currently just trying to write a song a week and I give mm-hmm. myself an hour a day to do it and it's the same hour and the idea is to go through the process and not, mm-hmm. and be able to write something without feeling inspired, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I write and produce for a living, so I don't always feel like doing it, you know, I'm not always awake or feeling inspired or anything like that um so it's like a good skill to be able to just you know absolutely it's a skill i think that's something people understand is that it's a skill that you can develop um i called it like flexing my creativity muscle like after like you know 30 or 40 songs i started to understand how to write even when i didn't want to write and i have no reason to do this it's not like we were professionals at that point but i just thought it would be a cool thing to like be able to do like learn how to write even when I'm not feeling inspired about anything. And, and it's so true that you can do that. If you practice and get some of that other stuff, uh, who's Ed Sheeran talked about like yeah. putting, like opening a leaky faucet and it's a bunch of junk that comes out first. Like, and that's what your first songs are like. I think that's true. Um, you get, you just, and really what that is mostly is just getting better at it. Just learning how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you gain like a sense of intuition about like what works and what won't mm-hmm. work and like all like the little things, even just like, what syllables are being emphasized and like, you know, how you're structuring your melody, like all that little kind of stuff just starts to become like second nature, which I think is probably the same thing. Yeah. And you also get really good at rhyming. Like if we ever play a rhyming game with my kids, I'm like on it. (laughs) I got those rhymes ready. (laughs) Do you use rhyme zone? I'm on that thing like all the time. Just like what rhymes with this? tried it I have tried it so many times and just like how I never go back to a voice memo or back to lyrics I never ever get any rhyme that I ever end up using from there <laughs> I've tried it so many times I never find anything that I want to use I, so, sometimes I, yeah yeah sometimes I just use it to like see if like it'll spark an idea for like the next line because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah I it sounds like you're kind of, when you're writing your melodies and lyrics, are you kind of, did, did the lyric and melody happen together or does like the melody come first? Yeah, almost always. 
at the same time? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So like lately what I've been doing is writing melody first just because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm more the, – the music of it makes more sense for me. Like lyrics are mm-hmm. really tough for me. So I give myself the structure of you know what I think is a good melody. And then it's like yeah. trying to – it's like a – what are those things? Like a Mad Lib <laughs> where you try to like <laughs> fill in the lyric for it? Adjective here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think um, maybe I'll try that too. Like, p- part of what I've been doing recently on these podcast episodes is just like asking songwriters how they do it. <laughs> and then I go back and try and steal it. So <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I don't know if that. you have, have – um, how am I going to start this sentence? I'm not even thinking of his name right now. I'll come up with his name before the before it's over. But there's a a famous songwriter who has all these like old lectures. Ralph Murray, Ralph Murray on YouTube. He has his old lectures on YouTube, and they are so good. Like there's just so many things that I would naturally have thought about. And he's like a, a top forty like a pop songwriter. So not all of it's gonna like directly apply, but just things like pers- like what perspective you're gonna sing from, or who are you thinking about when you're when you're writing these songs like when I first started writing it was all these like sad sappy like oh woe is me type I'm heartbroken songs and people can kind of relate to that but like his advice was like think about a woman going to work on uh on a Monday at like 8 a.m is she gonna enjoy that song because if she's not it's not gonna be on the radio like people in a bar might really enjoy it and tell you it's great but that's about as far as you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So just little gems like that. So I would definitely recommend that to anyone who wants to learn a little bit more about songwriting. Not that I'm an expert on that, but he is. So it's definitely worth watching. Ralph Murray is his name? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wrote that down. I'll check it out. I, I mean, think he died a couple of years ago, but his old stuff, I think, is still on there. Really? Okay. Um, uh, all right. Cool. So after, so after the song was written, what, what came next after that? Like, did you guys know off the bat that this was going to be a single you wanted to put out, or was it one of many? Say, I think maybe it's Murphy. I think I said the same wrong. I think it's Ralph Murphy. So Ralph Murphy. Okay. So totally distracted thinking about that. Okay, so what came after writing the song? Um, I'm just always writing songs, so I don't think we immediately knew this was going to be the first single we we're going to put out. In fact, we were working no. on. No, we didn't. No, we we tried a few others, and those were going to be our, our first singles that we were going to put out, but. We just uh, needed a song that would be better to learn production with, really. I mean, this is a three-track song. It's as basic as you could possibly imagine. Um, and, uh, you know, so those others, I mean, they're kind of on the back burner. We'll get to them eventually. But for yeah, this happens. one, yeah, it just kind of fell on our lap and we just went for it. So, yeah. But, yeah, as far as process, um, I think for this one, probably started by recording the piano track. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just kind of had a, a harmony writing session where I just started to, you know, kind of make up some harmonies and stuck with the best ones. So. Which was actually the first time he had done that. We, the song we were going to put out first that we were working on, I had written all of the harmonies for him and I liked them. I thought they were kind of different, unique, but they weren't as natural to him. Yeah. And they also didn't bring in his perspective. I mean, when you think about it, even like melodies can bring in a different perspective. And so when he... I think it was this song that you said, Hey, let me, let me just try and just see what happens. I think he had, he had thrown out a harmony and I was like, Oh, I like that. And he was like, well, let me just try to do the whole song. So he, tr- he did, we just went to the closet and he laid down uh, several tracks and then I just, I comped them and just with the ones that I liked. And um, those are the ones that we stuck with. I think we had to re-record like one or two, but um, that was how we wrote the harmonies. Yeah. So that's our new process for harmony writing is she's got the harmonies in her head already. And then I come up with 
you know, new stuff on top of that. And then we pick the best, uh, you know, we compare those. And yeah. I think on one whatever. or two, I was like, Hey, can you try this harmony? But for yeah. the most part, he wrote it this yeah. time. And it was really cool because it, it really did bring in the second chorus. He did something, he went up high in a place where I wouldn't have gone up high. And it, it made it, made it sound like he was like taking, not really taking the lead, but like saying like, Hey, I really mean this. Like what I'm saying, like, it's like a conversation. It's like a conversation. Yeah. yeah, it really brought in a new element, which I thought was really cool. That's cool. So for for your harmony writing, do you like do you sit at a piano and kind of plunk out like, oh, this is a fifth. I'm gonna do, it, or are you just kind of ad libbing it, and um, recording it as you go? I I don't really have a whole lot of music theory training, so it's mostly just in my head. I mean, I, I did you know band and stuff, but it's not. No, I'm not a piano player, so I don't think in terms of thirds, fifths. Um, I just kind of. It just comes out. It just kind of so, comes out. Yeah, that's how uh, I do it too. Actually, I, I when I when I was writing for him before, it's kind of like top lining a track. You just kind of, as long as you know the words and general uh, melody, you can just kind of top line it with a new melody and just if it doesn't work there, you change it. You know, mm. but I do naturally go more to the traditional harmonies though, like the thirds and fifths. More than I do. And she she does some some really off the wall stuff sometimes, which is cool. <laughs> Um, some mamas and papas influence, maybe. <laughs> Which you know, shout out to mamas and papas. A yeah. little bit of. <laughs> Someone pointed that out once, and I was like, "Yes, that's intentional." <laughs> I did not catch that until just now. <laughs> <laughs> They're really cool. They have all these weird, unique harmonies, and I think that's really. They have like their own very specific sound. Like they can do any song, and they make it theirs. And um, but we're just one, one mama and papa. So yeah, mama. <laughs> well, what what they didn't have is a computer with all this power to like create all these other parts. Like, do you guys think yeah. that at some point you'll start expanding on like your arrangements between the two of you, or, oh, or yeah. do you think you want to just keep it really minimals? Oh yeah, yeah, and that's a lot of what it is. Is we, you know, we'll get this idea in our head, and it'll start off as a three or four track song, and then you get into it, and it becomes ten or fifteen tracks. <laughs> and um, you know, in the beginning phase, it's just too much to handle. Um, but yeah, we will definitely uh, be expanding into, you know, more sounds. We 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 lean toward the acoustic sounds. Yes. Um, so you know, you know, maybe just like using stuff around the house for for uh, for drum sound rather than like a drum set in our bedroom. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, one time I've used a um, a cast iron pan as a cowbell, and yeah. it sounded fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, some of that stuff can sound so cool. It's true. In our jam session last night with the family, he's using like a teether. I was using a teether as a shaker. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, going back to like um, layering and, you know, creating the big arrangements, I think just like with time and doing it, like your your creativity will grow along with it. Like the more you get familiar with the software and like as you have ideas, you can be like, oh, I would just need to do X, Y, Z. And like you can start building it all out. Like I know over the years, like my sessions have just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's sometimes it gets absurd, just like how many yeah. layers of, of things there are. But but like as you were, um, what would the word be? Just like as you get better with arrangements, you know, like mm -hmm. that's just a natural extension of it. It'll happen. You grow in. Right? Oh, yeah. If you try to jump into it right away, though, it just sounds awful. <laughs> I've done that too. Just layer, just like layering shit, just for the sake of layering it, and then it's just a mess. Yeah. Get hundred tracks on the song yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what the pros yeah. do right they have a hundred tracks in their song so if i just add a bunch of garbage <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah very cool so um the release for this one is uh july 21st you said yeah it's coming out july 21st and then we are going to try 
to do two more songs in the next like two or three months after that. Um, and then after that, we've got a few more lined up that'll take a little longer because the production is a little more involved on those. Um, but we're trying to get these first three out kind of like, you know, once, one a month, month and a half, maybe something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, um, and how long and does it usually take to do one song, like start to finish? <laughs> Five years? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this one was probably, what, a month? Something like that. This one wasn't too bad. I mean, because, it, yeah, it's simple. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that one. <laughs> We keep just, I don't know. He keeps injuring his hand too. And so then he can't play guitar for a little while. And yeah. I don't know. It's always something. But, it's always uh, something. But yeah, we're, we're looking to get more into like a monthly cadence. So yeah, we would like to yeah. try to do close to one a month, um, which I think we can do on these first three. And then maybe a little slower than that after, after that. But, um, you know, we've heard that you should really do singles starting out because no one's going to listen to probably anyone's album, but certainly not like a nobody um and so that's why we're doing them as singles but the first three are really kind of like a package like we chose these first three not only because they were simpler to do but also because the message of them is kind of defines like who we are and like what our message is to the world and we um yeah so that's, that's why those are the, the first three we yeah. feel like they kind of really sum us up gotcha yeah i think the more you do it too the faster your process will get oh yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've already got templates set up and everything. We know what we want for each of our vocals generally. You can tinker with those for each song, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you already know it gets it gets faster. Oh yeah, yeah. I've recently been doing. Uh, I don't know if you can do it in Studio One, but like uh, track templates. So like for like my vocal chain, like it's yeah. always like the same processing, yeah. and I just load the template, and then it's just all like right there, right. and I can just tweak it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that in Studio One. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So that'll that'll speed things up a lot. And are you guys doing like the mixing and mastering as well for for your own stuff? So it's like all in house. Yep. Yeah, yep. he is. How how has that yep. been going? Because I know that's uh, a, that's a whole another beast than producing it's it itself. Hard. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of why this uh, I'm not afraid of such a good song to start with is because um, it has to be simple. Like the the entire message of the song is simple um, and raw and we wanted to keep it that way so we didn't need a lot of processing um you know it's it's got a few uh, you know it's got some light compression and reverb and a light delay but it's not a lot there's not a lot to it um so yeah i mean it's but it's a, it's a good starting point to, to move on to our more complex songs from there mm -hmm. um because a lot of that is gonna it's gonna carry over just mm -hmm. to crank it up on the next ones maybe you know? sure it's weird like I, sometimes i feel like fewer elements in a in a mix makes it more difficult to mix because like everything yeah. has to like sound great on its own you know yeah yeah there's, you can't cover anything up i mean you can hear every track in the song obviously so and um yeah i mean we were tempted to put in you know guitar track or, or you know who knows an electric guitar who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but we had to keep it simple for this one so yeah i, I mean it was it was the song that, that yeah the lyrics and the what the song is is so simple that you just ha like what I think what you're trying to say is that it would it would mess up the song to make yeah. it like a really good complicated pop production. It has to be simple, so it forced us to not overdo it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she kind of got before, but I mean the structure of this song is not a traditional structure. Mm -hmm. um, the lyrics are not really uh, 
the same as as Emily's other lyrics, um, like yeah, the same style. It's, it's, it's just a lot different on every level, really. Um, yeah, so. it's not that close. I mean, it's kind of a funny song to start with because it's not that similar to the rest of our songs. Like, there's no guitar in it. It's a lot more serious and like somber. A lot of other stuff is more like lighthearted. So it's kind of an odd place to start, but it just, I don't know, we felt we had to do it. Yeah, but this along with the next two songs um, that we're going to put out kind, it's of, a better picture, kind of sum up with what we're yeah. going for as far as the message and, yeah. and sound. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Sure. And yeah, and to what you said earlier about, um, you know, newer artists not or shouldn't be releasing big pieces of work at once. Um, mm -hmm. It's totally right. You know, indie artists should be releasing like one song like every, you know, six to eight weeks. Um, That's a better timeline. I'll stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, a bunch of the folks I'm working with now, they just like bat, we'll do a bunch of songs, they'll sit on them, and then they put a marketing plan together, and then they, you know, slowly release them mm -hmm. out. Um, and then maybe they'll release like all of the songs as in like an EP, you know, after they've done them as singles. Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, that month turnaround time is plenty. <laughs> Gives you plenty of time. Um, so, so this is going to be part of a, a three-song EP. Then, is that the the plan? I don't know if we'll actually package it as an EP after the fact or not. But mostly, we just you know, when you're first like discovering a new artist, I feel like if I hear one song that I like by somebody, I'm probably not gonna like go follow them on like Spotify and stuff unless I just really, really love it. But if I like go look and they've got two, probably three songs minimum that I can kind of get behind that sound and that message, at that point, then maybe I'm gonna follow them on YouTube or Spotify or whatever. Um, so I think that's kind of the idea is we wanted that anyone who's kind of checking us out to be able to see like with these first three, this is kind of who they are, what they sound like and what they're all about. So no, not necessarily an actual EP at the end of it. I think probably just keeping the singles. But. Are you guys going to do any live performances to, to help promote the, the music, the releases? Maybe. We're going yeah. Maybe. We've tried it to set up. It's, it's more complicated than you would think. I mean, I mean, you know, but if you haven't done it before, just getting like a, a nice sound out of your mic with all these instruments and voices and it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's even, tough. even just getting the right distance from the mic between us, things like that. It's, I mean, we can do our own mics, but. It, it might take some time before we yeah. get there, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, but I mean like performing it. at like coffee shops or restaurants or anything like that. I know. I don't really see that happening, honestly, because um, we don't live near like, we just moved to Texas a little over a year ago and um, we don't have any family here or like any friends that are close enough that we would like have them watch our kids. And, you know, I have babies. I'm still like, I have to be like near them to nurse and stuff still. So um, it just doesn't really fit our lifestyle. And that's part of why we kind of had an eye on the online thing and on sync, because um, that's something you can do given where we are in this stage of life. You know, it's, it's having the internet you know, be such a huge, um, you know, part of a musician's like career in life mm -hmm. really gives a lot of flexibility where you can have a career or even just like a side hustle or, or whatever, you know, any, any level you want to have it at, uh, but you can do it, you know, on your own terms, you can kind of set up your, um, your business to be however you want it to be, which is really cool. So right. you don't have to necessarily right. be a performing musician, you know, to have fans or yeah. anything like that. Exactly. And maybe eventually when the kids are bigger and, you know, we're better at what we're doing, <laughs> maybe we could do that. But for now, this is working for us and we'll stick with this. How about for um, like marketing and like promotion for, for these singles? 
do you, are you guys doing think, anything for that or yes yeah I uh, that's part of why we're doing that like at least a month in between because uh, we want to have time to like submit to blogs and things like that I have one blog um ear to the ground music that's going to be uh, featuring us so that was exciting to get our first like person that wants to write about us um how did you get the uh the the blog spot did you just reach out to them we did I did a submit hub um okay. where you can just submit for free you know and let them listen to your music and like give them a little pitch and I heard about that through um, I like to watch the Bursamo podcast and like Damien Keys there's a couple of little guys I like to watch um to know kind of how to do that so uh, they suggested submit hub so I do that I've submitted to a few and um also I think at some point we'll run like ads and stuff. We're on social media. We have been for a while and trying to like build like a little bit of a community. We haven't even done music stuff on there really, but just kind of like what the lyrics are about can kind of match some of the things I can post on there about like our family and like our lifestyle. Um, and so we'll, we'll do it through there too. And um, let's see what else marketing wise. I think that's probably that's most of what we're doing. Yeah. And we'll try to like submit to um, Spotify for artists. We'll do the, try to get on the playlist. I mean, that's a long shot, but we'll try. <laughs> you, you have to submit your music a month before it releases. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, we already submitted. That's why we did it so far in advance. We mm -hmm. did it like two weeks ago is when we pushed the submit button, which was pretty exciting. Um, and so we should have a little more than a month to be able to do that. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I've had artists like, we'll spend all this time working on the music and then they get excited and just like trying to release it right away. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Because you do, you want to get out there. You want people to hear it. And even now I'm like, Oh man, we're over a month away. Like we already pushed submit and you know, yeah. no one's going to hear it for over a month, but that's, that's the only way anyone is going to hear it is if you take the trouble to, to submit to blogs and to submit to Spotify and you know, do all that stuff. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword the whole social media age because it makes it possible for us to do this like we could not have done this at this stage in life mm -hmm. if not for that but you have to do it mm -hmm. <laughs> and i don't know many people who enjoy that part of it but you just gotta get it done yeah yeah i mean it is what it is it's i call it the not fun part about being a musician and even like doing music full-time like I don't even know. It's got to be less than half of my time is spent actually making music, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, have you heard of the book, uh, How to Make It in the New Music Business? I think I've heard of it. No, I haven't read it though. Uh, it's it's excellent for like indie artists. Um, it's, it's a lot of the stuff we were just talking about, about um, you don't necessarily have to go the traditional, traditional route of, uh, you know, of an artist, like going to a label and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, but it gives like a lot of like blueprints and just like a how to's on how to like do certain things as an indie artist. Um, okay. I would definitely check it out. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I don't know how big readers you guys are. I, I, I read this stuff all the time. So I, I, yeah, found, I, like I found this one to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll check it out. Cool. Um, so, um, so the, Singles coming out uh, towards the end of July, the twenty first. What was the name of the song? I don't think we even mentioned it. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Okay. Uh, and then we'll expect to see a couple singles coming out afterwards. Um, do you guys have a pre-save link yet? No, and I was really hoping we'd have it by today, but um, we went through Ditto as our um, what's that called uh, distributor. distributor. Yeah. 
And um, they're like taking two weeks sometimes now, they said, to like actually go through. So we don't have it yet. We should have it in the next couple of days, I hope. Okay. Well, when you get it, send it over. I'll put it in the show notes and everything and, and all that okay. stuff. Um, and so where can people find you online? Like where do you spend the most time or, you know, where can they follow you and say okay. hi and see what you're up to? Yeah, everywhere. We're on Facebook and, you know, Twitter a little bit. Um, TikTok, Instagram. Most of our handles are like Ma and Pa Music is where you, what you would search. So Instagram, I think, is Ma and Pa Music. TikTok, which <laughs> very good content on there, but um, I was about to ask, on. like, are you actually using TikTok? <laughs> I like TikTok. Okay, Some. I Some. like TikTok. TikTok doesn't like me that much. Um, <laughs> what TikTok is great for is taking, like, taking a trend from TikTok, like making a video, and then putting that video on Instagram where they've never seen it before, mm. and they'll go crazy for it on the reels. That's what you should use TikTok for. <laughs> okay. I, I think I'm just too old for TikTok. Like I have a hard enough time keeping up with Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm the oldest person on TikTok for sure. <laughs> <laughs> These kids are so funny. They're great. Yeah. I really like it. <laughs> um, very cool. I'll put all of your um socials. You guys don't have like a like a dedicated website at the moment? We don't have a website, no. Not yet. But it's coming because yeah. he's a website developer. So <laughs> I feel like we should have been on this already. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll get there. Coming soon. Construction. Well, very cool, guys. I think this is probably a good place to wrap up. Um, Is is there anything else you'd like to, you know, end on or or tell the listeners about um, before we wrap up? No, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, been, thank you so much. Yeah, I've been following your show since um, uh, McKaylin Hay. You had her like a year ago. She's like in some Facebook groups that mm-hmm. I'm in. And um, I don't know her at all, but I had noticed her in the groups because her songs were so good. And um, then I saw that she was going to be on your podcast. And that's how I discovered you. But anyway, ever since I saw that, I was like, man, that'd be cool to go on that someday. So we're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. You, you're the, I think you might be the first person who like actually listens to the, to the podcast. <laughs> Like these are these are We're cool. Top together, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, I mean, I st- I started this whole show kind of um, just because like a lot of I think I told you guys like a lot of artists have like the same questions about this stuff, and mm-hmm. I thought it'd be a cool way to just like just talk to a bunch of people, figure out what they're doing, what's working, what's not working, and then put it out there mm-hmm. for for other indie artists. Um, plus, it gives yeah. you a way to promote your music as well. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, um, and, yeah. There's so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Well, I'll let you guys go then. Um, yeah, please send over the um, that pre-save link, and we'll we'll get it out there and, and get it all up and going for you. We will. Thank you so much. You got it, guys. Awesome. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of About to Drop. For more info, please go to our page www.vertigomusic. That's V-R-T-I-G-O music.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to follow and subscribe to us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Thanks and see you soon.